From Beta Cell, this is Out of Range. I'm Craig. I'm Laura. This is your every fortnight show about real things, diabetes. And boy, do we have a real topic, <laughs> a real juicy topic for you guys today. Oh my God. We spent the last half hour figuring out what we're going to talk about. <laughs> we're still figuring out yeah, what we're talking about. The, you guys are in You're for a real journey. You're along for the journey yeah. of us just figuring out what we're talking I'm about. I'm excited for you to be on the journey too, <laughs> with us. Buckle up. This might be a sort of narrow view of type one, but I feel like there's people who don't want to go low, whether because they're scared of lows or they just don't want to interrupting them or whatever. And they, they stay high. And I'm not saying they're 400, 500. They could just be 180. They could be 200. They could be 220. So then the other camp I feel like are people who stay lower because they don't want to be high. There's kind of it's it's kind of like the two fears. I feel like diabetics are either afraid of highs or afraid of lows. And not often do you see people who are scared of both or scared of neither. Right. No, and I have met people who are scared of both, but what you were saying before, you, you are going to you're bound to be pulled towards a direction or another. I don't yeah. think anyone is completely in the middle like equally scared of both or equally unscared of both. You could like, I don't like being high or low, but I am more scared of going low than I am going high. Going high. Well, cause I, I feel like I'm have been the opposite. I don't like the feeling. No one likes the feeling of being low, right? No one likes the feeling of being high. Let's just put that out there. But in this spectrum, at least for me, highs always felt like the failure. Like if I was high, I mm. was a bad diabetic because I let my blood sugar get high. I'm going to get into why I think this is the case. No, I actually agree with this. And if I'm low, it was like, oh, I'm low. I'm just too good of a diabetic. I, I took too much insulin. I did my job too oh, well. I exercised so great. <laughs> um, like it doesn't feel like such a bad thing. And I, I think it's... It doesn't feel as failure-y yeah. for sure. Yeah. I'm with you on that 100%. And I, think it, I think it should. Okay. We'll also get to so for me, I think this started probably a diagnosis. When did it all begin? <laughs> it was January 7th, <laughs> A dark and stormy night. Um, when they start telling you about diabetes, like ultimately- Who's what, they? The doctor. Okay. They talk about the complications, capital T, capital C. And- Usually, I think this is kind of a scared straight kind of program. It's like they don't want you to be a quote-unquote non-compliant type 1. Doesn't count their carbs, doesn't take their insulin, is just high all the time. Yeah. And so they scare you with these long-term. It's blindness, foot amputation, uh, kidney kidney failure. failure, uh, Death. (laughs) Yeah. Bad things, right? Just All bad things. Yeah, and then they just nail this. Like, this is what's going to happen if your blood yeah. sugar is high. And they say long-term, but I think the way it's like, you become so scared that, oh God, is this the high that's going to make my toes fall off in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? Does that happen to you? I've never had a high blood sugar and thought, this is I'm on my way to amputation. I've think- never had even a thought close to that or like my vision's about to go. I definitely don't think it's a conscious thing. I think it's a subconscious, okay. like, 
message that highs are bad. Like stay away from highs because this will ruin your future. Which is funny because, maybe not funny, but it's interesting because Ironic. when you're low, it feels very bad in the moment. Highs don't feel as bad. Highs, you're in they're control. Yeah, they're uncomfortable, but I feel in control I'm a of highs. Drowsy. I'm a little Headache. thirsty. Yeah, but I yeah, I always feel in control of a high. But when you're low, and let's describe this to someone who doesn't have type one. Have you ever been drunk before? <laughs> it's it's like worse than being drunk. It's like being drunk without the fun on a yeah <laughs> drunk without the fun. You're on a desert island. And you've you've been shipped wrecked for a year and you're starving. And, and shaking. Shaking and you're burnt from the sun. And your vision starts going double. And you, it's like pure madness. It's your body, you feel like you feel your body dying. You feel your body like fighting to stay alive. That's yeah. how I feel mine. Like you're and you talk and you don't make sense. Like you start your brain can't communicate with your, your, your body like physically starts shutting down. Like you can't really stand, right. You can't think like the only feeling in your body is to eat. You're like a, a werewolf, like a vulture yeah, eating it's like, sugar. It's like I must eat. And that's all you can think about is finding sugar and devouring it. And then you end up devouring too way too much. much. Um, so I don't know. So it's funny. Like I, I, I think of myself now, like I was so scared of highs, but then like the lows that were so uncomfortable was like still better. Like I would rather be so miserable than risk being the bad diabetic. And it's funny too, because I was just thinking why as well, like why did, do we feel that way? And it's like, Oh, well, if you're low, you can just eat to go up. But but when you're high, you literally just, I mean, yeah, like you said, it's uncomfortable, but you literally just need insulin and it will bring you back down. And you don't go through that sheer panic and fear that you're dying and need to keep eating. Like when you're 220, you're not like, you don't sit there rage bolusing and you know what I mean? Until you do, but it's wanna, such an easy fix when you're high to get back into range. And when you're low, it's so much more work to get back into range. So why quicker, do though? Like 15 grams and then 15 minutes. Yeah, but your brain doesn't range. know that at the time. No. Um, I think I know what it is. What is it? It's the shame of diabetes. Mm. It's, have you ever gone to an endocrinologist and they say- Ever? <laughs> ever. A what? Legitimate question. A who? No. Have they ever said your A1C is too low? No. Have they ever said- I mean, they might say you're getting too many lows, but it's always, you get the number and the doctor, you know, they're wearing the little pin. Maybe you've seen the pin or maybe they have a sign on the door that says the less than 7%. You ever see that? Are you joking? No. What pin? I've seen pins. What? I've seen- A1C pins? It just says under 7%. Never in my life. Okay. Are you joking? No. Never. No. We should give these away at the live show. What? So- yeah, because the this is blowing my mind right now. The general recommendation from diabetes organizations is that your A1C should be under seven percent. Some organizations now say less than six and a half, but let's stick with the seven. So it's like across the board. Um, there's no greater than. It just says under seven, and so 
in theory, like the lower you are under seven, the better you are. Like mm-hmm. if you could get a 0.1 A1C, you would be the perfect diabetic. Because you're the furthest away from being high. Mm-hmm. I like where you're going. But that's not the case, right? No. Um, it still feels like, like even me thinking now, like, oh, if I was just like 250, like whatever, right? Um, and it's interesting because I don't think any of these thoughts are things that are taught to us. Your doctor never sits you down and says, don't go low too much. You know, keep your blood sugars higher. Uh, You know, watch out. Maybe if it's like you're exercising, yeah, make sure you don't go low. Like that's what they say. But it's never like, they never say, oh yeah, make sure your blood sugar is over 100, right? Yeah, you're right. And I'm like trying to think back to every appointment I've ever had. I don't think I've ever heard that sentence in my life. And maybe this just comes down to the way diabetes is taught to type ones. Like, like the focus is so much on keeping us from being high all the time, having those nine, 10, 11, 12 A1Cs that we, we, the doctors aren't addressing the other problem so much. And I, I don't know how much of this is like social media sort of mm. picking up on this and then just kind of putting it through the meat grinder the way social media does and just spitting it back out at like everyone. Like playing telephone and seeing what comes out at the other Yeah, I mean, our, our very first episode was don't show your A1C. And so when you see people who are always posting their A1Cs, it becomes this competition. Mm-hmm. Like Another my, competition. Yeah. And... And so you're always comparing yourself to other people's A1Cs and you think, oh, this should be, I should be lower. I should be better. Um, And let's take into consideration really quick, a lot of people with very low A1Cs, which we said in this first episode, but if you're just now joining us, a lot of people with low A1Cs, it's because they're low all the time and your A1C is an average of your numbers over three months. Yeah. A1C is not a good indication of. I'm uh, going low right now and I'm going uh, oh to gosh. eat a fruit <laughs> Yeah. This is, this is on cue. Oh God. I can tell she's actually low. She's not just doing this for No, her, I am actually low right now. Like A1C is a very bad marker of your control. It's easy because it's one number. And for a long time, that's all we had. But now that more and more people have CGMs, and to be fair, not everyone has a CGM. Not everyone can afford a CGM. But for people who do have it, time and range is a much better indication of your control. But it's not that sexy to put in your Instagram bio. Time and range. 1% low, 80%. Can you fucking imagine? Range, 90, maybe we should start doing that. Should we start a trend? Oh, my Lord. And you change it every- No. What would you do? A daily? Weekly? Monthly? I wouldn't. Three months? We'll, we'll put a pin in this. <laughs> Maybe by the end of this episode, you'll change your mind. Oh my God. Um, Yeah. And I think that. You're saying doctors have never said don't. I've had my endocrinologist say before that she wanted my A1C higher because I was exercising so much and she just thought I was a little too low. Right. I think it's different saying. This is like the exception, right? Right. Right. 
it's a different, but you can tell where she was coming from is that you're going low too much. So you're, we should bring your A1C up by getting your blood sugars up. Yeah. From not being low all the time. Yeah. And, and I think it's tricky. Yeah. But we, you know, when we talk about long-term complications, we don't talk about the long-term complications do you know, of lows. Do you know the long-term complications of lows? Because oh, do I? Lord knows I don't. Wait, question. Did you know before you Googled? I did know some. I Some complications. What did you know? Because I don't know any of them. So here's the thing. And I actually did a little more research. And we're, I'm going to put this in the show notes so people can see it. Your brain... Your brain cells only use glucose. That's how they get energy. When your blood sugar is low, you are starving your brain. That's why you feel drunk. It's because your brain cells are not getting the amount of sugar it needs to function. That's why when your blood sugar goes really low or sustained very low, you have a risk of stroke, um, coma and death. It's literally your brain cannot function. Right. But that still feels like, okay, I just won't go low now. Right. Like if I start to go low, I take some sugar and I'm fine. Um, it seems more preventable than like being high all the time. And then like, what do you do? Like eventually you, you know, things fail just from being high. Um, so, so I knew that I knew about, I've heard before about memory loss from lows, you know, you're, I've heard memory loss from just diabetes. I didn't know it was. Yeah. I've heard from lows, but then I got, I found this other study and it was linking cardiovascular health, cardiovascular disease with control. And this kind of came about through a spirited conversation about sodium and cholesterol spirited with diabetes. Sorry, I'm eating another fruit strip. <laughs> <laughs> now she's so worried about going low. No, I'm, oh my gosh. I just dropped them even yeah. more. So the gist was, I was saying that people with type one have a increased risk of cardiovascular disease. So we should be watching out for our sodium. Sodium and cholesterol. Mm -hmm. You know, we tend to focus just on carbs. We've talked about this on this carbs podcast and on other things. Yeah, we only look at that one number. There are many numbers on that nutrition facts that we should be. I felt that guilty. Are to I felt guilty of this as well. I've I've done it. I mean, my eyes go to this carbs, and I'm like, this is healthy. Yeah, low carb, right? Yeah, or no added sugars. Yeah, perfect. If you want to know more about that. Listen send to Craig episodes. a DM. Yeah, send me a message <laughs> and I'll point you in the right direction. So this person was saying that elevated blood sugars are actually worse than sodium and cholesterol mm -hmm. for your heart, your heart health. Yeah, uh, specifically for your heart health. Yeah, they provide no evidence of that. And then they went on to say that the American Diabetes Association recommendation of an A1C under 6.5 was outrageous because obviously people would have issues with A1Cs in the sixes. She was saying 6.5 was too high. Sixes. 
was too high. Yeah. This is something that I've, I've felt people saying before without having them sort of like outright say that. Maybe I've seen that before. Your A1C is too high, but I've never seen someone like put a number on it. Like your A1C is in the sixes. Like you're going to have long-term complications. So the... <laughs> <laughs> there's so much you want to say yeah, right now. And I and can't so say it all at once. you're not saying. Just so we all know, like lower A1Cs and the effect towards cardiovascular health is very well studied and documented. Being that it's a, a negative outcome. If you have low A1Cs, you are also at an increased risk for cardiovascular disease. So this is what the study said. HbA1c is a reliable risk factor for all-cause and cardiovascular mortality in both diabetics and non-diabetics. Our findings establish optimal HbA1c levels for the lowest all-cause and cardiovascular mortality, ranging from 6 to 8% in people with diabetes. Mike. So it was funny because we were talking about how, you know, we don't talk about the issues with lows, like long-term lows. And yeah. here's a study that probably not very many people with type 1 know about or have read that basically says the range your A1C should be in is 6 to 8. So an A1C of a lot below of 7. will like, be relieved to hear that. I think so. And I, th I think a lot of people who feel like they're doing a bad job, right? Because mm -hmm. they're above five. Yeah. They're in the sixes. Yeah. Good God. Blasphemy. Um, it's outrageous. So I think we should still stick with, you know, our recommendations that we're below seven, but maybe we need to add this above 6%. And I think there's a very obvious reason why. And I don't, I don't want to say this is the case for everyone. I think if you have a lower A1C and you're never low, that's fine. But I think the lower you are with your A1C, the lower your lows are, right? You're, you're pulling that average down. So you're more likely to go low, right? You might go a little low all the time. You might have big lows sometimes. But I think that when you go low the first time, you know, you're so scared of going low and then you do it and you live and then you do it again and you live and you're like, okay, I will go low and I'll be okay. I'll eat something. I'll survive. I think it just becomes so commonplace. Like, like you test your blood sugar, like you're scared of needles. And so you start testing your finger and then eventually yeah. that becomes normal. And then lows become normal. I go low, I eat sugar, I'm fine. I go low, I eat sugar, I'm fine. I go low, I eat sugar, I'm fine. Right. And it just becomes this thing we're so used to that we don't think of it as such a bad thing. But I think we don't think about the harm that we're doing to ourselves by going low. We don't, because we don't feel like we feel it in the moment and then it kind of goes away, but no one ever, no doctor's ever sitting there saying, yeah, if you keep having little lows all the time, bad things will happen. I'm learning as you're speaking. You're shook. That's what my look is. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I mean, uh, there are just so many people that we've talked to that are just pride themselves on their A1Zs being 5.2, 5.5. 5. 
Yeah. Do you think there's any healthy way to do that? We even saw someone that showed their like time and range and they did it. Like they were not, they did not have many lows and they had a A1C in the five. There was a person who, who had their A1C was really low, like the low fives. And yeah. like, my average blood sugar is like 84. And I'm like, okay, if that's your average, that means you're spending half your time above that and half your time below that. Okay, right. <laughs> okay, so this is who I was talking about. Half the time you're below this, you're you're low. Like you only have four yeah. points of variation. Like the odds that your blood sugar is between 80 and what, 88, 89, it's probably very slim. And so if you are going low, even those little lows, the more you're low, and this is something we haven't said yet, like you lose that sensation of lows. Like you become used to that feeling. It's like right? when people that are high all the time don't even feel it anymore. Yeah. So you might be in the 60s or the 70s and not feel low, but that doesn't mean you're not low. It doesn't mean your body, your right. brain it doesn't mean doesn't it's okay. Yeah. I think that's a good point. People who are high all the time are like, well, I don't even feel it anymore. That doesn't make it okay. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting with the social media aspect because I don't know if that's why this Yeah, do you think people thought about their A1C so much before social media? Listen to our first episode and find out. <laughs> I actually don't think we talked we about did that not talk, We did not cover that. Um, going back to this idea of diabetes shame. If your A1C is in the nines or the eights, you're probably not posting about this on social media, showing everyone, look at me. I've got a 8.5, live in my life. Right. But if your A1C is 5.5. Oh, you're posting that shit. Oh, you better post it. And you're posting it all over the place. The doctor posts it for you. <laughs> they tag you, you in it before live. you You went live. You went live for that. The, live from the A1C <laughs> live machine. Live from that, no. And so- so there's this perception that the only people with, you know, the numbers who are boasting about it are the lower numbers. And so I think that forces us to think that we should be lower. Do you think social media is making people think that their striving point is something that in reality they shouldn't be striving for? I can speak from my own experience. And I know that before this wonderful world world of social media. So wonderful. When my endocrinologist said be below seven and I was below seven, I was fine. They said, you're doing great. I said, thanks. I said, keep up the good work. I said, I'll do just that. And then in three months, I, you know, did that. And then once social media came around and your kind of, value as a diabetic sort of was, I feel like tied to your A1C, mm -hmm. like having a lower A1C meant you were, you were better in some way. You were more in control. Then I think there's this pressure to be lower. Like, Oh, you know, the doctor says I should be between 80 and 180, but what if I make it 80 and 120 or 80 and 110? And now I'm just, lower and lower and lower when as the studies show like an a1c below seven is fine like 
all of the recommendations for your A1C is to keep it low, you know, as low as you can without risking hypoglycemia. Your life. All the studies say this, like, yeah. keep it, you can keep it low, like below seven, as low as you want, but don't go low. They always say this. And that's the, like the part we forget. Yeah. We only hear the first part and not the second. Yeah. Keep it below, but don't go low. All the studies say this because all, the, all the studies <laughs> know that lows are bad. Yeah. They are dangerous in the moment. A high blood sugar, if you eat a piece of pizza and you bolus wrong, you don't take enough and you wake up. This was me on morning, Sunday night, but it was pasta. And pasta and you're 300, you are not going to die that night. If you do the opposite, if you take too much insulin. You take insulin for pizza and then don't eat that pizza. And you end up at 30. You can die that night. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that is a, a very real thing that I think some of us. Yeah, Craig. We. That is true. Oh, I thought you were blaming me. No. This is a thing that we, once we you survive a low, you feel like you can survive any you low. You feel invincible. And I, this seems like such a down note now that I'm saying this, but I think there are very real fears that we downplay. And I don't know if we downplay it because. For our own sanity. Yeah. Maybe. Like, like you don't want to live your whole life fearing. We don't want to fear every everything. Low, fearing every high. Um, but I think we just need to be realistic. I think we need to all be looking at the bigger picture is what it boils down to. Yeah. We need to be looking at both ends at all times. Yeah. And not, it doesn't have to be this scary thing. And I think there's like very like real quality of life, uh, issues with trying to have a lower and lower and lower blood sugar. I, Heard from a friend of mine who had type one, recently given birth. She was pregnant and she was trying to keep her blood sugar below 120. That was a very awful, yeah, hellish experience because you're always thinking about it because you just won't let yourself get above. So you always have to be monitoring it. You always have to be careful. Aren't you going low a lot then? No, because you can't go low. So you're just, you're always watching. You're just staring at your Dexcom all the time. If you have one. And I think, yeah. And I think it's just, a sh I think it's just stressful. Yeah. Me now, we've talked about this every now and then since January. Me being more chill. We talked about this on- um, <laughs> More stoic. Our last episode of Out of Range After Dark, which if you haven't listened to, it's a really good conversation. <laughs> it's on patreon.com forward slash beta cell. Craig. Yeah, in the last, what, eight months- I think I've given myself a lot more mental freedom to just kind of like live and not be a diabetic. We always say this, like, you know, you're a person with diabetes, you're not a diabetic. Right. And I think it's because- like Don't let it define you. Exactly. We, it's so easy to put diabetes first in our lives, right? And that's the most important thing. And, and to be fair- it is important. It is important. You sh should test your blood sugar. You should bolus. You should count carbs. You should do the things you need to do to stay healthy. But doing everything you can to keep your blood sugar as low as possible, keep your A1C as low as possible, 
like you're you miss out on life. Yeah. And then what are you staying in range for? And same if you're too scared of going high. I know I keep saying the high road, which is not even the way it's, that it's I do things. This, yeah. But I'm just saying it goes both ways. If you're thinking the whole time about not going low, so you're staying high, you're still missing out. I mean, it's balance. Everything comes yeah. down to balance. Yeah. And I think that if you listen to this and you're like, the light bulb goes off and then tomorrow you're like a brand new person and your life is perfect. Write us a review. <laughs> Tell us how we've changed your life. But I, I think this is a journey we all go on and it's something we have to remind ourselves all the time. So you should really just save this episode and listen to it every like three months. Every morning. After you see your after you see your Play it while you're falling asleep yeah. and just let it really sink in to your dreams. Eventually you'll be able to just talk with us in the shower. You can just so recite it. it. It's really finding... Yeah, how how it's finding harmony? Yeah, in this fucked up disease. Yeah, it literally it literally is a balance. You have your high on one side and low on this side, and it's a fucking teeter totter of just trying to keep it, it straight and level. And I don't think anyone wants to go through that. Like no one would say, "All I want in my life is to just sit in a room and make sure my blood sugar is in range." Right. Having a blood sugar that's in range makes it more fun to enjoy other things in life, right? Like life sucks when you're low all the time. You feel miserable. If you're super high, you probably feel miserable. Right. I think the quality of your diabetes does affect the quality of your life. Yeah. You can still be a person first and still be aware of how important your diabetes is and not let it take over. And like James said two weeks ago, I think I'm going to quote James on every episode the more small decisions you make towards your diabetes, the less big issues you're going to have with it and the less big things are going to seem. Out of Range is a production of Beta Cell and it's produced by me and Laura. Craig does all of our recording and editing. If you're in Los Angeles on September 22nd, we're doing our very first live taping of Out of Range. You can be there. With a meetup to follow. Yeah, it's going to be crazy fun. We've got awesome giveaways. Special guests. A game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a really wonderful kind of like groundbreaking event I'd say. for diabetes. Go to our website, betacellpodcast.com and you can find more information there. I'm Craig. I'm Laura. And this is Out, Out of, of Range. range.